Hi, everyone. I'd like to read a message from Maria Ochoa's family. On Thursday, April 18th, 2019, in the presence of family and friends, love and gratitude overpowered grief as the ancestors called Maria Malu Ochoa home. She passed beautifully in her sleep, our words and encouragement ushering her into the next world and into the loving embrace of her grandmother. The entire family is overwhelmed by your love and support, and we take great comfort knowing that she was such an impactful being to so many. And in the spirit of that note from her family and as a tribute to Maria's wonderful spirit and force of nature personality, uh, we'd like to leave this episode online and available for people to listen to and enjoy. And then, and for those who haven't known Maria yet, uh, an opportunity to get to know her and her and her voice and her amazing storytelling abilities. So please enjoy this uh, episode and thank you so much for listening. Tell them here and let them be. Well, I got something deep inside of me. I can't hide it anymore. It needs to be so free. There's no time to let this tale get old. No, no, no. It's the best And welcome to the show. Uh, my guest is a community organizer, uh, specifically issues specifically with like fair housing and other things like that. Uh, it's Maria Ochoa. Hi, Dave. Um, hey, so I I want to start with uh, something that you do, which is tarot card reading. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so Maria just did a tarot card reading with me. Uh, and I've never done it before. Uh, I won't go into too much detail because this is about Maria. Uh, well, first, how, how how do you how did you know that you could do this? Like, is there you know what I mean? It's weird. The women in my mother's family are sort of witchy. Like, um, so I didn't. How do I explain this? So my my mother does what I call energy work or like candle work and things like that. Okay. Um, you know and. We had an aunt, Tia Maria, who was known as a bruja, as a witch in her town. And I couldn't mm. think of specifically a bruja because she did card readings and she did, um, I guess, what you would consider spells for people, like folk spare craft, like for good luck or road opening or whatever love question they had. Um, you know, uh, so I think... I didn't really know that wasn't normal in people's lives right? until I started talking to people at Maite Maria and it was like, what? Like, like as a little kid, like people look at me crazy eyed. I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't talk about this then, you know? Um, and yeah. in my dad's family, they're very Catholic. So it's nothing like that. And yet I have this grandmother who heals with herbs. She's passed on now, but... She recounts stories of how 
my grandfather didn't want her healing people anymore because she was too independent. People would give her money and, you know, she was more successful than he was in, in those times. And like, yeah. here's four chickens for saving my boy <laughs> from whooping cough or something. <laughs> right, right. Right. So he forbid her from ever healing people. And she said, all right. And she fucking gamed him. Excuse my language. I don't know. If I, can I guess? Yeah, why not? Know. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. cool. I don't know. I don't know if we're like being decorum, you know, using decorum. And... Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I won't be a sailor, but yeah, know, I mean, if, if you're in the moment, you gotta, sometimes you gotta use those words. You All know? right, go yeah. with it. Yeah, All right, thanks, it. Dave. And so, uh, I, yeah, so she was like, all right, we'll see how much this lasts. And, you know, in the back of her mind, I can, I can see her sort of like being game on with them. Yeah. And so he happened to get bit but by what I'm told was like a black widow or a poisonous spider. So his arm was supposed to have swollen up and starting to look purple. And by the time the doctor got there, he was basically like, well, I can't do anything. Like, you need to say goodbye to your children and your wife. And that my grandfather started to cry and cry and cry. And sort of like, she's a mean-hearted woman. She could cure me and she doesn't want to. Hmm. She'd rather have orphan children. Um, And so my grandmother said, you said I can't cure anyone anymore. And she was like, so if I have to cure you, I have to cure everyone. Or, you know, I'm going to keep my word. I'm not going to break my word to my husband. Like, she was that petty, like, in that moment. I'm going to hmm. call it petty, but um, I think she knew what she wanted to do. And she figured that this was a way to get it. And my grandfather was like, fine, you can cure whoever you want. Just don't let me die. And my father calls it Piedra Azul, Blue Rock. I always think of, like, Lapis Lazuli. Um and no one could see it, but I was dangling my earring, which is That's obvious. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And um, Good narration. <laughs> thank you. And uh, But I don't know. Maybe it was blue slate rock, like some kind of blue river rock. And she crushed that. She made a poultice or something. And I don't know how she administered it, but apparently he went on to live, like, till the 70s. So, and then she was able to, like, you know, do stuff for other people. So, I mean, that was, like, very normal with for me. I grew up with stories like that and my grandmother right. curing people with herbs, and which is a curandera in Mexico. Right. And my family's, my dad's out of the family because they're so Catholic. Me, like, no, grandma wasn't a curandera. She just used herbs to heal people. And I'm like, okay. Um, wow. So, yeah. No, I get the, like. I grew up with the scrap. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get, like, yeah, in a lighter example. It's, like, when I stepped out of my house as a kid and, like. <laughs> I thought Vietnamese food every day was normal, right? And, right? and then you're at school and it's like corn dogs and stuff. Right. And then people see you bring Vietnamese food and they're like, what? Yeah. And you're like, I thought that was normal. Yeah. I get, like yeah. in a different way. That's I have a similar like. Right. So I then you it. want peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. To yeah. Are right? you like, do you like, don't talk about it's your. It's like, your, don't bring your it up. You're like, you kind of cover your lunch uh, and you eat it. Because it's delicious, but yeah. you know, <laughs> but people I, are weird. Uh, but I will say uh, real quickly before we get to your story about the tarot reading I had, uh, Certainly, I had some natural reservation about it, having never done it and having some sort of skepticism. Right. Like, just, I think, by nature, you know, human nature, there's some degree of skepticism from, oh, yeah. on my part, not growing up with it, to, to like, the, 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 you know, passing out the card, like, the card yeah. reading. Um, but two things happened. One, as you were shuffling the cards, the lights flickered in my living room. <laughs> like, for real. Yeah. Like... Yeah. That was, that was like, what, what is happening? (laughs) And that's before we even like really got into it. Uh, So that was one, which I don't know what to make of (laughs) because it it happened like 10 minutes ago. Uh, And then the second part of the reading was, um, yeah, there were things that 
you told me about myself that you just would have no way of really like I never told you yeah. right and then you through the tarot reading saw things or felt things that like were things that actually did happen to me that like I never me or like my wife have never told you or I actually even don't even talk about with my wife a lot because yeah. it was like in my childhood and yeah. not necessarily bad things but just but just things that yeah. things like I kind of sort of put away myself right. so so that part was like really fascinating because <laughs> I was like how did you what what like a lot of there's a lot of like whoa yeah. uh, and but I think because of that the things that kind of happened afterward that yeah. you said to me where I was like all right I'm in like yeah. the lights flickered she kind of like said things that like just there's just no way because I never told yeah. like you know it, it's not and it's not just like a magician's trick of like yeah I'm just gonna try to just ballpark Figure this out. Yeah. I'm just gonna talk my way into it like you literally just like said it yeah. and, and that's I was, why I tell yeah. people not to tell me their questions like yeah. ask them in your head right and usually when it's my full like if I ever read you again it won't go into your past so much yeah or it won't may not even bring it up um but it brings up the past usually when I'm reading someone first to establish you need uh, to pay attention I see like so once you connect with like oh crap how did she know that you know and like yeah that did yeah. happen then that helps to get rid of that skepticism and like I said it's pretty specific and like you know to individuals I told you about my friend who was a twin and he was like no what like you couldn't have known this because of his family story and that's right you know yeah. And it's just certain things like that. And the whole time I thought he, I was thinking he didn't, like I was getting it all wrong because he was just like, ugh, 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 the whole time. And I was like, oh, he thinks I'm full of shit. And then he told me, he's like, there's no way you could have known that. Yeah. And like his wife had only found out like that year um, about that situation. And so she's like, Tiffany, he, he looked at her and he was like, Tiffany. And she said, you know, she just shook her head no. But I didn't know what they were communicating, which was, did you tell her? And Tiffany was like, right. hell no. Like, I just found out myself. So, and again, it's different for everyone. The cards, the images have to do yeah. with it. It's very empathic. And I could throw the exact same spread from somebody else. And it would guide me, the feelings would guide me a different way for them. For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I can, and I could kind of see, uh, you know, because we're, there's just two of us in this, like, in this uh, living room, uh, how taxing it is for you. So let's, uh, why don't we just get the energy up? Let's talk about yeah. you. Let's talk about <laughs> your, your story, uh, yeah. that, you know, people don't know a lot. Um, yeah. I do know, I will say, uh, aside from, uh, real quickly, uh, tarot card reading, uh, Maria, uh, is like legit, like helping people like community, like community work, like in it, like in the struggle, like all those things you think about when people are like, you know, sacrificing for the benefit of other people. Like Maria does it every day for a living. So that's really awesome. And so we're really happy. Our, you know, our, our circle of friends is really proud of Maria for just doing all that. Um, so didn't want to just make it all like tarot stuff. Aww. Yeah, That was just like, you know. Thank you. That was really sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was just like side stuff, you know, yeah. the tarot stuff. But, uh, you know, but yeah, let's just, yeah, let's talk about you. Let's talk yeah. about uh, the story like, you have a lot of stories. I have a lot I, of I should stories. say that, by the way. <laughs> it's a lot of stories. But this one, I guess I, I won't, yeah. I've never heard of. Okay. Or, or others. Yeah. So. 
So, yeah, so, you know, I've been doing labor movement stuff a lot, many, mm-hmm. many years, working with college students and everything. And so recently, uh, over the past, like, uh, two years, I moved back home, or a year and a half, I don't know how long it's been. But I moved back to L.A. from D.C., and went into housing rights, which is different, you know, working with gentrification, housing rights, tenant organizing. Yeah. And I felt this really strong connection. Like, I went into labor organizing because I organized my coworkers and myself. And so I felt that very, like, strong pull in the moment. Yeah. And I didn't know why I chose housing rights. I didn't know why I chose my organization, which is SAGE, S-A-J-E, Strategic Actions for a Just Economy. I... I just thought this is a cool job, and like I gave it, Cynthia, if you're listening, Cynthia's my boss, please don't take this the wrong way, I gave it minimal thought, it was like, cool, Um, I applied, they interviewed me, and I was like, yeah, that's dope, and I took the job, Right. without really, you know, I'm a Virgo, so I do all this fucking navel gazing, everything means something, (laughs) and this was like the easiest, least like, meh, you know, I I just took it. Yeah, you know, it was not what I was making in labor because we're a nonprofit, and so nonprofit, um, sure. you know, no, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like rolling the dice because you know grants. But thankfully, our CEO is like, or I'm calling her a CEO, but she's our executive director. I'm sorry, Cynthia, um, and she is like phenomenal, and we do great. Like not tooting our own horn, but like I have great coworkers, and we do great stuff. So yeah, that all works out. But I, I took this job and I'm like, you know, I didn't, I thought like, well, you know, I'll do it for a year and see what happens or I, I don't know, like maybe I'll stay for a few years. And I just, I loved it. I connected with the work immediately and with tenants. Um, oddly enough, one of the first or the major buildings I was given is on King and Figueroa. Um, there's this development going up called The Fig, um, okay. which is like a luxury hotel like eight or nine stories of student housing, which is not contracted with USC, so it's actually legal for them to just be like, oh, it's all student housing. Like, no, you have to rent to whoever, dude. And and then mixed income housing. And it's so funny because it is right around the corner from a place I used to live that I went to kindergarten. Like, oh. yeah, so there's this weird connection. And I always said, you know, I, I was raised in South Central, so I was always like, I want to come back and find some way to use what I've learned to do good in my community, in like where I come from, where I grew up. Yeah. I went through the uprising there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you get that feeling. and Sure, sure. Every time that I come back to South Central, it's like, yeah, there's some progresses, but it's always like a step back as well, you know? And so I thought, well, that's what it's fulfilling. It's fulfilling my need to do something in my own community, um, even though, you know, I've been separated from it for a while now. And... You know, I as, as I got older and I got out of college, I don't know why I've always had like this wanderlust, right? Okay. And I move like every year. Like I didn't realize, again, that's one of those things that you don't realize are normal, that people move like every year, every two years. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Like I'll be one place for a year and then I'll get weirdly antsy. And I'll, I'll seriously, Dave, I the way some people look at like furniture for upgrades eventually to their home, I look at apartments. So, I'm like, I got to move. So, okay. So just post-college, you were constantly moving apartments. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't trace it back. I didn't yeah. make a connection with, well, every year almost or every two years, my mom would move. 
my parents were divorced and so my dad had bought a house but my mom never got her financial footing and so we moved every few years and and she was also you know may have had some undiagnosed mental health issues um oh okay and so i think that made it difficult for communicating with landlords and stuff like that okay but on top of that i think they raise the rent on her illegally probably all the time seeing her as like being viewed as like a single mom with like english skills but maybe like limited english skills yeah you know and i didn't realize holy fuck we got evicted that's why we moved so much and you were getting evicted yeah you and your as, mom mm-hmm, uh, as we were kids of oh. growing up or as I was a kid, and because oh, rent's too high, mm-hmm. can't pay it. Okay, gotcha. Or, or you know, or just the landlord want to charge more money, or they want to get rid of someone, you know, because they're too in our lives, or the kids are loud, you know. Got it. Okay. And and things that I'm seeing now at work with other families, and I didn't understand like it. As we, I remember talking to his tenant, I'm like, "Holy crap, we got evicted all the time," and I finally like that connected. You know, um, right. and so I thought, oh, that's why I'm doing this job. Okay, yeah. And so I thought that was my my entree. That was my story. That's what was propelling me. And it, yeah, it did propel me. But I guess as a kid, you don't feel the full weight of the evictions. And by the time we were, tw- you know, I was like 12 or 13, we were in a place that was a little more settled. And we kind of, you know, I had most of my teenagers. So then... It's what you said about college, like moving every year after college. Well, yeah, because my first apartment after college, your first place after college as a grown adult, is supposed to be this like magical thing, right? This like entry into adulthood, and you're supposed to feel really like good about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that wasn't my my situation. Okay. And I don't know why I never connected with it. And I didn't realize how almost traumatic it was until like like a week ago um oh literally yeah literally from when we taped okay yeah yeah. okay pretty much it was uh like our our last wednesday what's today today's thursday no today's wednesday yeah literally okay it was like my last wednesday meeting at work um and somehow this story came out i had moved from the dorms with in with a friend named manda and she and I were super like cool. We're still really great buddies. And we both moved into this, what we thought was this like fabulous apartment in Koreatown on Alexandria. Okay. It was like the dream pad. It was like one of these like, um, you know, California big window pool in the middle kind of place built in like the mid 60s. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? It, yeah, like yeah. the quintessential California. Absolutely. That type of. Yeah, you know, hotel uh, like like apartment complex. Ex- yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And you could like walk down the street and be like an area that's called like Little Bangladesh. So not only do you have all this great Korean food, yeah, and you know everything, you've got these like deshi markets, these desi markets, yeah. right around you, and you can get good lapjaman, and you can get like really good curry. Um, you know, you walk down to uh, Vermont, and you've got the taco trucks. Like it was like a young person's dream you've got the korean bars that go all night you know and it it was just like amazing like we were like oh my god we're so thrilled um except we never saw the red flags because we were so like in love with it okay so amanda and i go and we're still looking at apartments and i'm gonna say the name of this company because fuck you fred leeds so it's (laughs) i'm still angry to this day about that 
So yeah, so Fred Leeds is a trash corporation and it is a trash company. This is not Dave's opinion. This is solely mine. And I'm still not giving you your $30. We'll talk about that. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, we were apartment hunting and we go to this place and it just looks amazing. But we had like four more apartments to look at. Um, and the woman's like, well, it's just a $100 deposit. You give us a $100 deposit. And then if you don't want the apartment, you get it back. Right. It seemed like you can't lose. Uh, it was a couple hundred deposit, maybe like a hundred each or something. Uh, okay. It was enough where it didn't seem like a lot. Yeah. Right. But sure. like. When you're a struggling student in a low wage job, fresh out of college, that hundred or two hundred bucks could be like housing for the next month. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, so Amanda and I thought nothing about it. We give this chick the money, we give this woman the money, and we're content that it's on the up and up. And we go to see other apartments and we find a place that's probably similar or something, but it was a lot cheaper and it was closer to work. Um, so something about the metro. It was just like prime location. And we're like, yeah, let's take this place. So we go back to her and we're like, hey, we actually don't want to take the apartment. Can we get our reimbursement? And she says, oh, no. She says, no, 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 you, it's non-reimbursable. Hmm. I was like, I'm pretty fucking sure that's not the case. Yeah. And so we start looking at the paperwork and there's some like, effed up tiny little closet somehow we both glossed over and mind you manda is a trained law student like i took a contract law class and like had an a and how the fuck we missed this clause we were both like there's no way so we think she actually switched the paperwork on us Mm. but we didn't have a copy so yeah right her word against ours right yeah, yeah. So, got it, yeah. You know, and we were both like, we're like, are we sure that this is the paperwork? Are we sure? We had no way to tell. So, we had suckered. We find ourselves like, okay, if we lose this money, we still can't pay the deposit and move into the other place. We don't have enough. Like, we have just enough to, like, get to work and buy ramen or something stupid. Like, oh, she always ate um, spaghetti and prego. That was her go to meal. I okay. think I was like the ramen person. Um, and so we're just like, fine, fuck it, let's do this. And we went in. And we should have just walked. We should have followed our goddamn instinct. And um, it was one thing after another. Um, so just to clarify, so you, because you didn't want to lose your deposit, right. went with this apartment, apartment that yeah. had the yeah. shady contract that you may or may not have actually signed absolutely okay got it okay and i knew we'd made a mistake the moment we walk out of there looking you know just dejected i it was i felt so forced into something and then you know you just get that foreboding feeling yeah and i'm walking in the courtyard and the guy goes oh tell me you didn't move in here I oh was like, fuck <laughs> it was like you know that confirmation that you don't want that you've just yeah. screwed yourself over right and we're just like oh. he's like oh man they never fix anything he's like he's gonna probably evict you guys early he's like we've been fighting to just even stay in our place he's like and so my mom has to be super nice to his wife and basically his mother was like an indentured servant to this guy's wife would like clean for her cook for her and all this stuff just to stay on their good side and he's just like a fucking a glorified apartment manager so, Ugh. you know, we became friends with them and it was just like, God damn. You know, luckily, um, 
our some neighbors were moving out and he's like we are so glad we're out of here like look this guy's not gonna give us a proper deposit he's a fucking jerk take whatever you want from the apartment it's it's crappy furniture but it's great first apartment furniture Mm -hmm. and so there's this other guy right who's like leaving at the time and as he's driving off and it literally in his car like he and his wife took like their clothes i think and like left everything in the apartment and we're like fuck you fidel and they drove off and i remember my roommate and i were like terrified but we're also like score (laughs) so we run into the apartment we took this ratty like um lounger we like took all this other stuff and we were like all right we'll come back later and we'll get the rest of it and nope this bastard like yard sailed it or something like he took it all out to you know get whatever money he could from it and we didn't get the rest of the score so but we you know it was a good starter set of furniture so, you know, we go on, time goes on, whatever, whatever. A couple months in. I want to say it's like three months in because it was a ridiculous amount of time. Okay. Um, the This horrible smell is filling the apartment. Horrible. We were taking care of a cat. We had a pet at that time. And I'm like, the cat would occasionally, you know, fart. And it was pretty <laughs> bad. Sure. And... <laughs> and... We're like, did Casey shit in the house? And we're trying to locate where the hell this smell is. And we could not. Um, Finally, I think at some point, I don't know if it was Amanda, one of us goes to the bathroom and it's like, what the hell is that? Go into the bathroom. There is this black, disgusting sludge coming up out of the bathtub. I mean, it's like, imagine a horror movie. Yeah. What the hell? You know, it's sewage. It's human fecal matter. That's like stewed in its juice for a while. Ugh. I, I, I guess it's like the fecal equivalent of a fatberg is what I'm going to call it. Um, oh. That crap that's like stuck in the pipes in the sewer. Like finally the pipes upstairs had all that they could take. And every time someone flushed the toilet upstairs, it basically pushed all this Oh human sludge up through our bathtub oh my god this is so descriptive <laughs> well imagine what it smelled like in the middle uh, of fucking summer right you're in it yeah right you're like uh, there's that's... no fighting it there is no air conditioner in this place so this is... it's all fans so you can imagine a california summer in a concrete building with no air conditioning and windows pointed towards uh the east so, yeah, that hot sun and the windows. Like, again, all the things we didn't fucking think of. Yeah. yeah. And that smell was atrocious. So immediately, of course, what do you do? You call your landlord. Yep. And he's like, well, I'm out of town. And I'm like, I don't care. You have a whole company that you work for. Call someone. Mm-hmm. And he fucking wouldn't do it. So we're trying to call everyone. We're trying to get people in here in the middle of summer. We keep being told people are on vacation. And I'm like, get a goddamn plumber. Like, it's it's, disgu- it's disgusting. We can't stay here. It, You know, so we thought, okay, they're going to deal with it. Yeah. So, yeah, they dealt with it by sending the plumber upstairs who snaked everything and continued to, like, pour water and Drano down without getting the clog that had moved down to our bathtub so now the clog is cleared upstairs, but it has passed upstairs into our tub. So while they have a clear shot to the sewer, some of that stuff is still coming up or anything that we did shot up through the um, the bathtub. So at some point we went to work 
and the tub overfilled. Yes, this black disgusting sludge overfilled, got into the floorboards, into the wood while we were gone at work, stewing for eight hours, got into the hallway carpet and warped the wood. That's how much it seeped into the wood. Oh, this is so nasty. Yeah. Oh, my God. So the smell, the cleanup, I think we had to clean it up. What? Because we couldn't wait for anyone. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that... by the time they got someone in there, you know, we didn't know it had seeped into the floorboards, but that smell was still there. We bleached everything. Um, they wanted to charge us for the carpet because the carpet got bleached. Like, I was like, you know, go fuck yourself. Yeah, and yeah. They cleared the blockage, but what happened is because it had seeped into the wood, it warped, and we couldn't close the um, the bathroom door. So from the third month we were there, that bathroom door would not close. It would close about a third of the way. So we had to, like, Marco Polo, you know, like, I'm in the bathroom. Uh, and, you know, yeah, you had yeah. to poop with the door open, basically. And the bathroom is not only in the middle of both bedrooms so you know no one could go to their bedroom or come out of it while the other one was in the restroom if we wanted any privacy but also it was almost like if you were coming from the kitchen it was like a straight visual shot into the bathroom it was like ridiculous so like you can't have people over you sure can't, you know course. like yeah, what do you tell your friends and the smell was horrendous and he wouldn't fix it and i'm like well why not it's obviously because, you know, the wood warped and there's all this water. He's like, well, I don't know that. The wood just magically warped? Like, well, you could have done something to it. What the fuck are we going to do to the floorboards? So, yeah, we... This is like a very serious problem that's yeah. being ignored. I mean, the way you're describing it. I oh, mean, my God. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, epically... Yeah. Like, like go... Yeah. You, yeah. Like, I'm getting, like, a, a, a freaking migraine just thinking about it right now. Like, for people who can't see me, I'm, like, massaging my temples. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, is, there, is there, like, a... We can get to a happier place with the story? Yeah. It's, well, know. let's just go through it, man. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I didn't realize, like, the effect it had on me, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Of, I was, right. Yeah, I was working with, like, special needs children. That alone is a stressful job. I was, you know, which I loved. And... I was working these other part-time jobs. My job, my dream was to like go into communications and writing. And so I was working at this um, Persian woman's website because somehow I talked my way into it. Don't ask. I don't speak a lick of Arabic or Persian, any Farsi, okay. any of that. But that's what I was doing. Iran.com, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you get a chance, like check it out if you know Farsi or English and are interested in like Persian recipes. It's got everything. It's a great website. Um, uh, I love uh, Pari Esfandiri. Like, I'm going to give her a shout out because she was so, like, she kept my head together during this time. Um, a, lot of, death. a lot of shout outs in this one. A lot of shout outs. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, so we we did all that. And um, I met this, I think we, I was in a shouting match with the manager at some point. And this woman comes out and she goes, good, tell him, tell him what he will die of or something like really oh. awesome. And she, I'd never seen her before. She's this beautiful, beautiful, dark skinned woman who would dress in like a white dress with like a white turban almost. And it turns out that she was from, oh my God, I don't want to get it wrong. I, I can't remember exactly, but like South America tip. Um, but she was beautiful and has this great accent say like french guiana or something or around there okay um god i can't 
she was so cool but so she's like oh yeah these people lie to you they say they have an apartment and you never know and so every all of the the neighbors there got along famously because of our hatred of the manager yeah and we'd all gotten duped somehow and so she's like he tells me his apartment look what i have i have basement and i go to see her apartment and you almost can't stand up and i'm short and she was way taller i'm like five two five lie and say five three um and there are water pipes running like through this like short ceiling that she has to stoop to walk around certain parts of her apartment and i'm like this is totally a basement this is like a maintenance room like storage place that was like put a little kitchenette in and I'm like, I'm not even sure this is a legal apartment. That doesn't even sound it, legal. It doesn't sound right at all. There's yeah. no windows in this thing. They're like basement windows. And I'm like, okay, see that in D.C.? But they're built that way. But like in L.A., that's just not a thing. No. Like it's not a thing. Definitely dude. not. No. So I totally believe she lived in an illegal unit. But again, she was suckered and she like stayed with it. Right. Um, yeah. And then what is it that happened? I went, um, I, I don't remember exactly how the chain of events happened, but there, oh, I was not in the hospital yet. My friend, the laundromat was not working. There was like one washing machine that was working and Amanda had to go to work. She worked at Denny's. Sorry, Amanda, I'm telling your business. Shout out to Denny's, by the way. <laughs> Brass on breakfast. Nah, Denny's can be problematic. I don't know what to say about oh, that. Okay. So, but, you know, I mean, their pancakes are good. <laughs> Politically, you mean? Politically problematic. Yeah, but. yes. So we're going to... Okay. Um, but you paid our rent, so thanks, Denny's. Uh, uh, half a shout out. Half a shout out. There we go. Okay. <laughs> and Amanda um, had to wash her stuff. She's like, a spot wash isn't going to do it. We were like... I was working a couple jobs, like I said, in yeah. interning, and she was always on the go trying to double shift to Denny's. So, you know, sometimes you don't get to do your laundry. You just kind of spot wash and you move on with life. And... So she was like, I can't spot wash these. It's really bad. I got to do laundry. So she thought I'll do a quick load before work. And the one machine that was working broke down. Of course. She couldn't wash it. So she tried to like hand wash it in the machine and tried to dry it. And the fucking dryers were all down. And so she leaves this note that says, thanks to, you know, um, oh my God, what is his name? Thanks to whatever asshole his name is. um, I cannot do my laundry and can't go to work so thanks fidel that's his name fidel his name is really fidel his name is fidel <laughs> oh my i'm god. not joking oh my god and i'm not absolutely not joking that's really okay no offense to anyone who is like cuban this guy's actually mexican but he's horrible i'm mexican too so i can say that um yeah his name was fidel and uh, this jerk takes the note takes umbrage with the note which was all correct and she just put the note on there so nobody else would use the washing machine. She's like, none of these work. Don't waste your money. Fidel's yeah. a jerk and won't fix them. And he took umbrage with it. He brought the note to our house and was like, that's it. You guys are out of here. I was like, you can't fucking evict us for putting a note on the washing machine. It's like, yeah. you know, you're fucking crazy. And he evicted us for putting a note on the washing machine. So, like, I don't know what he got us on, like, a few days later or something. Um, no, it, was, it had to be, like, a week later. But by this time, I had not been feeling well. It turns out that I needed to get my gallbladder taken out. But because insurance was such a pain, oh we were organizing it. Like, we were organizing a union at one job. I was working two other jobs. I didn't want to spend the money on, like, copay. And 
finally I got so sick that I landed in the ER and had to have emergency surgery. Oh. Because my bile duct was completely Jeez. blocked. This is all like a year. <laughs> yes. A year of your life. Yes. Right? Yes. It was so oh effing my. stressful. Uh, yeah. I must have been self-medicating with booze the entire time. Um, yeah. Because I literally like just didn't Holy. think about how horrible this story was. Like I seriously... I, Amanda and I don't ever talk about it. Like, we, we mention it. Remember when we lived with that asshole? Yes. And we talk about the cat all the time, but we don't discuss, like, the actual process. So I go into the hospital. Amanda, meanwhile, um, gets this eviction notice and has to figure out how to go about dealing with this. Because, you know, it's, of course, he didn't give us, like, 120 days or 60 days. He gave us, like, three days or five days, something ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't know if you're aware, but until recently, until a recent policy passed, if you get a, a three-day notice on Friday, guess oh. what? Saturday and Sunday are two of those days. So huh. by the time you go to the courtroom or to the courthouse to file your appeal or, or your cont- contest it, you're done. You're done. <sighs> So that's kind of what happened to us. So Amanda ended up finding a group in Beverly, in, not Beverly Hills, West Hollywood uh, Park that, you know, did did kind of what we're doing now, tenant clinic. And they kind of told us to ride, told us what we had to do. Yeah. And, you know, we, she, I may say we, but like she went and did this um, and filed all this initial paperwork. And then I think I come out of the hospital and I'm driving her around um she wasn't driving for whatever reason at that time or she didn't have a lot i don't know but i remember being like freshly stitched with a pillow under my arm driving around to try to like figure all of this crap out and try to figure out how to stop this illegal eviction yeah and you know we're like freaking out we're like pretty sure the sheriff was going to come get us at any moment you know we were going to be locked out or something and again like i'm for an extended period of time, I'm just out of the picture. I'm, like, on morphine or something, like, really strong drugs, so I'm out of it. So Amanda handles this on her own. Okay. Um, and she goes to court. And, like, it's all kind of a blur right now, but all these timelines merge. But then at some point, so Amanda had met the man who had become her husband, uh, a Scotsman, and... Um, I am out of the picture. I'm not feeling well. I'm not helpful. Are, are we, you we, still living in this apartment? We are leaving the apartment. We're okay. trying to like okay. get our footing. And so what she told me, or what I remember that she had told me, um, oh, by this time we'd moved out. That's when she, we had this conversation. So we'd moved out. I had... I mean, we fought this thing for like a year. Like I, re- I remember, we fought it for like a year after because they came after us for like damages. They wanted us to replace like the blinds, carpet, that wood floor. They oh, said we'd done all this dom- damage. Luckily, we'd taken all these photos and video of the apartment. We did a photo walkthrough and stuff because he refused to do one with us. Mm. And he said that all this shit was damaged, which was not true, except for the floorboard from the, the fecal matter incident. And... 
you know, it's a year down the line. So I'm like, we're not going to pay any of this. This is ridiculous. Anyone can see that that's not the case. Yeah. So we got educated about what he could charge and couldn't charge. And we're like, those are like 10 year blinds. It's like a 10 year carpet. Like we're fine. The, I think the blinds is like five year sets or something. And so I, you know, get this job from the union. Um, we'd won our union contract at work and the union hired me on and I, I go to Texas and Amanda's living, you know, somewhere else. And like, we're cool. We're, you know, and she's like, I, just got subpoenaed like I, I have to go to court from this apartment did you get the mail and I'm like they don't know where the fuck I live I don't care and she's like we have to go to court they're charging us like a ridiculous amount of money I was like I can't leave work like I just started it was a good job we were in the middle of like a huge campaign we we're like doing a mayoral campaign or something yeah. uh, with, with our union members I'm like I, I can't go like, the stakes are too high and she's like, I'll handle it. So she does. She goes to court. Luckily, she's like, oh, it was a slam dunk open and shut. Um, she's like, I'm standing there. Fidel walks in the courtroom. The judge looks up and goes, <sighs> she goes, you again? And so the judge is like, I can't. Fidel, I'm sick of seeing you in my courtroom. We know everything you do is crap. I'm not doing this. I'm in favor of, you know, oh, wow. the tenants and open. Like, no, we're done. Um you know, and he's like, no, let me tell you why. So he wants to plead his case. She listens, and she's like, just trying to get him out of court. He's got a lawyer there. We obviously don't have a lawyer there. Um, we can't yeah. afford one. And right. Amanda's just battling everything out as best she can with her law school education, um, with her BA degree and stuff. And she's going in, and finally the judge is like, you know, I just need this out of my hair. Fine. You want restitution and damages? 30 bucks. And... She's like, and somehow I ended up fined with the 30 bucks. Like, man, I think Manda paid her 30 or it was like 60 maybe. I don't know. But anyway, I keep getting these like bills to this day every now and then for like $30 from like collection agencies. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I remember one time I ran into his wife. I was at that Ralph's. It's like on Vermont and third or something. And yeah, his wife is there. And I see oh, her, man. and I remember I look at her, and I go, I still haven't paid you $30. Yeah. I refuse. I will die I without paying that $30. <laughs> forget that. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, oh. yeah. It just, it, it's all this crap that ended up happening. I, it, I mean, it was way other dramatic things. Part of the story is not mine to tell. It's Amanda, because she also went through a lot during this time. Sure, sure. But So let me tell you, it was she was a saint to deal with it because she had her own stuff. God knows it was so much yeah. that she was dealing with. Um, yeah. And shout out to Amanda. Amanda yeah, for take, uh, holding it down. Uh, <laughs> I, that was like so stressful of a story. Oh, my God. Yeah. So oh, I uh, yeah I mean you know like you I, I guess we can do a little bit of quick wrap up uh, yeah. before we go uh, you know I like you uh, have lived the LA apartment life and <laughs> I've had I've, I've had some not great experiences for sure uh, yeah. tenant landlord stuff but uh, not to that level oh. like not even close yeah. like no and like that's right these are like specifically horrible human beings yeah. I, and, and yeah, it felt very like his own little fiefdom, like a Lord yeah. Farquaad of, of Koreatown. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I'm like, you're not even the owner, dude. Like, you're someone's lackey. Like, really? Yeah. Is it worth it? It's, it kind of goes into just, yeah, power dynamics and, you know. 
we, yeah. we kind of see some of that in a larger scale. Oh, uh, right now. In our government. I yep. guess, without getting into that. Yeah. That's a whole like seven hours of conversation. That's a whole, but, yeah, we could go on. You know, you, you, yeah, it's just like these like yeah. sort of little fiefdoms of t- uh, king and like minion, whatever the dynamic, yeah, right? Yeah, the dominion, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, a, it's, it's intense, man. It's like the old time yeoman where if you don't do well, the king's going to cut off your head. Like, I don't know what those stakes are about, but you know, I, I thought that. I would never see something like that again, but I can tell you we have a tenant clinic at work and every week there's someone with a story just like that. And it, like it pings in me in a way that even labor organizing didn't necessarily and I didn't realize it, you know? And it's because not just, you know, the evictions the kid, like that has something to do with it and I was connecting to that, but it was really this horrible, stressful, like year to year and a half. Right. Where Jeez. it was just like like tunnel vision. You know, you're like, if I just keep walking, I will get out of this tunnel and I will hit the light. And that's exactly what it felt like. I had to be like a horse with blinders. And when I tell that story, I realize why I don't tell that story. Because I, f- I feel it again where I'm just like, oh my God, I just need to get out of this story. I need to get out yeah, of this situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you telling that story kind of takes a load off your shoulders that kind of thing you know like yeah yeah it's out in the world uh and let me you know let me end with this uh because i feel like you know you're you're a community organizer you you work with tenant landlord relationships for yeah. a living you've just told this wildly horrifying <sighs> apartment nightmare story yeah. um if someone's listening uh, who's in a bad situation, uh, what could they do coming from an expert, Maria Ochoa? Well, if you're in the L.A. area adjacent to USC, South L.A., Southeast L.A., you can visit Sage, our workplace, uh, Tuesdays from 4 to 7. Uh, and we have free legal advice thanks to folks at um, the Inner City Law Center. And so they can help you navigate that. We can give you advice on where you have to go. But the first step is always, if you're in the city of L.A. or whatever city you're in, call the housing department. For L.A., it's HCID. Um, the housing, I'm going to get this wrong, uh, housing and development sort of uh, com- community development uh, district of Los Angeles. And you want to, if it's a lease issue, HCID is the number you want to call. If you don't have that number on hand, call 311. Tell them you need to speak to HCID. And f- you have to say the words now. This is super important. You have to say, I want to file a complaint because. You want to file a complaint. If you do not say the magic words, I want to file a complaint, they may not ask you if you want to file a complaint. They may mm. just tell you that it's illegal and give you advice without doing anything about it. Uh, okay. If it's a building or structural issue, say like your stairs are falling apart, um, you've got rats, um, you want to call uh, the, you, well, if it's a, a structural issue, damage to a fire, um, earthquake, water, you want to call building and safety. That's LA County. Um, and say it's like uh, rats, chinches or bed bugs, uh, rodents and stuff like that, mold, you want to call uh, the L.A. County um, Health Department and have an inspector uh, come out. I was going to say, mold is like a buzzword. Like you say mold, like 
people act Bam. really fast. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so bad. It, I mean, it is just no. in your lungs. It, it, it's horrendous. Um, paint, peeling paint, people don't think it's that big of an issue. It is because some of the older structures in LA that are rent controlled, some of that rent's like from the 20s and 30s. That stuff has lead. Your child could eat that. It tastes like peppermint to them. Yeah. They're fine until they hit high school. Suddenly you're like, why is this kid acting up? Why is this kid not doing well in school? It isn't the kid. It's the lead that has impacted their brain. And lead is only detectable in the body of children for about five days after contact. So, oh God, yeah. Uh, peeling paint, super. I cannot tell you what a huge issue it is. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be sure to post these links and numbers um, on the episode description yeah. of Maria's episode because, you know, she's all about helping people. Yeah. We at the show are trying to help people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have a really terrible apartment living situation. Don't stay quiet. You got to speak up. Yeah. Like yeah. we say, a closed mouth don't get fed. So a closed mouth don't get fed. Uh, I think that's a good way to, <laughs> to end. Thanks, Maria, for Thanks, being Steve. a show. Thanks for my tarot reading before. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that was really cool. Okay. Cool. Bye, Talk everyone. Soon. Bye. Thanks. Ready for another episode? Well, check us out at beststoryinevertold.com or also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or a number of other podcast aggregators. And if you're interested in sponsoring a future episode of this series, please contact us at beststoryinevertold at gmail.com. <laughs>